On this episode of One Team One Podcast, a new segment, Tiger Droppings Hosts of the Week. We dive into some SEC quarterback rankings and a little Cecil the Diesel discussion. It's all that and more on a Cinco de Mayo edition of Un Equipo Un Podcast. guys welcome back to one team one podcast again i am matt and i'm here with jack i'm jack hi jack um interesting day that we have today today is cinco de mayo i know you're going to listen to this the next day listeners we're Um, hammered yeah i've had a couple of margaritas (laughs) i don't know where this is going to go um so we'll we'll find out um i'm gonna try not to cuss too much because it's i'm tend i tend to to do that um, when I've been drinking. Try not to. Don't be tempted. So, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We have a fun-filled edition today. Um, Funtivities. A lot of funtivity. What's been going on? What's happening? I, uh, I see some Twitter activity. Uh, Twitter. Twitter is a Twittering. There's, there's one things team, going one on pod, on guys. One team, one pod. That's our Twitter. Uh, I posted our, uh, our rankings, our... Uh, our quarterback rankings. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a second for we'll sure. We'll get to that later. Um, we had our quarterback rankings. Um, Anybody hitting us up? Um, got a little bit of activity. It's it's coming around. I mean, we're what, what are episode eight? Is that I mean, episode eight? I mean, come on. We got our weekly Bayou Bryant hate, but yeah, other we than got that. yeah. Oh, Bayou Bryant. Hey, guess who liked me on Facebook? Per, my first, per, my personal Facebook page. Bayou Brian. Bayou Brian gave me a Facebook like oh. today. I don't know if he knows who I am. He probably, I don't know if he knows that. Hmm, he probably doesn't. Probably not. I was tempted to to tell him. Um, he may it's, have just unfollowed me. I it's don't amazing know. how often he gets to our like posts on Twitter, and yeah. even though he doesn't follow, he us. he doesn't follow us, but he which tells me he's finds our posts every time we post. He's going on to Twitter, searching one team one podcast, right? Coming to our page, finding our post, commenting on them. <laughs> We appreciate I mean, you, um, by you, Brian. Uh, I know you're listening. Yeah. I just know it. Yeah. I know you're listening. So yeah. here's to you, by you, Brian. Here's another drink of the margarita for you, by you, Brian. I bet appreciate you he it. listens to us too, and he's like, "Damn, they're good." Yeah, these guys are good. <laughs> God damn it, they're good. <laughs> um. All right, so. One of the things that we had talked about doing, um, and I actually, <laughs> full disclosure, I actually DM'd Tiger Droppings on Twitter today. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to become, so here, here's where I'm coming from, first of all. I'll backtrack a little bit. Uh, always hear a lot of sports talk guys and people in the media dogging on Tiger Droppings. I mean, just there's always something negative on tire droppings. It's kind of what they're, they're where they're yeah. coming from. And they're always talking bad about you and things like that. Nobody's ever embraced tire droppings. No. 
we want to be the podcast that finally embraces tiger droppings. And my goal is to be the official podcast of tiger droppings. But for now, we are going to call ourselves the official unofficial, unofficial. podcast of tiger droppings. Mm-hmm. So uh, I reached out to tiger droppings. No, no reply. They were busy. Hey, I they, don't know. they saw the post. They're, they're they gonna get, saw it. They're going to get back. They to saw us. my DM. I know they're going to get back to us. I mean, you would think. What else are you doing? Well, they're going to. I mean, who is it, and who is it? Who it, is it, by the way? It, Who's it, running the Twitter for Tiger Droppings? Isn't it some guy called like Chicken or something? Chicken. Every time someone needs an admin on Tiger Droppings, they they say like, no, obviously it's oh, not call real. Oh, Chicken. Name. They're like, <laughs> Chicken, help me out, Chicken. No, that's they're like, not get real. this off of here, Chicken. Hmm. Or I don't know, Chicken. I, I think it's a guy named Chicken. Chicken, chicken was probably on the can chicken. while he was. Reply to my DM, chicken. Yeah. He, he will. I have faith. Well, well, that's what we want to be. We want to be the official podcast of Tiger, Tiger Droppings. I want to embrace that all the craziness that is Tiger Droppings. I want all you psychopaths on my side. So um, before we get into our first segment, I want to, I want to thank our sponsors. Um, courtesy Automotive Group in Lafayette. A uh, big shout out to Brandon Lejeune at Courtesy Buick GMC. Um, hey, you guys, um, first of all, he's offering like 0% off for like a million years, okay? So if you need a car, c- call Brandon. He's like one of the biggest LSU fans that I've ever seen. Uh, I think you would want to buy a car from an LSU fan, um, especially in this area. He can deliver cars to you. Uh, He's in Lafayette on 4750 Johnson Street, Um, but he can deliver to you in Baton Rouge, um, Lake Charles, New Orleans, wherever you guys are listening. Uh, He can set it all up for you. I saw one where it was a uh, 2020 Denali Yukon uh, that he had 11,000 off the MSRP right now. Um, I'm very tempted to give him a call and see if I can get a lower payment on a newer car. Um, but call an LSU fan. Let him let him do it for you. He's been over there for 14 years. He'll take care of you guys. Uh, he's an active listener to the podcast. He is going to do right by you guys. Um, and tell him you came from the podcast. Tell him about it from there. Uh, we would love that, and uh, I know he would too. So, courtesy Automotive Group, we thank you. We appreciate uh, your sponsorship with us. Um, that brings us to our first segment and it's a brand new segment guys um we just talked about tiger droppings yep this is the we're gonna call it tiger droppings posts of the week right so like matt said earlier like we see all these sports talk guys and they're like oh yeah no i don't go on tiger droppings i'm not i'm not one of those guys who goes on tiger droppings all the time shut up you're lying you're course, all lying. Of course you go on tiger droppings. Everybody goes on tiger droppings. You go check it out. You go see what's going on. You, you know, they're on there. And uh, we don't want to be those guys. They're on there. They're searching their name. They're trying to see who's talking about them on tiger droppings. We know. And you can't tell me Moscone is not on there searching his name every day. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We know it. <laughs> So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna go on Tiger Droppings. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna see what y'all are up to over there. Yeah, I want to see what you guys are talking about. And here's another thing: I want you guys to start DMing us on Twitter 
and telling us of posts that we may miss. Right. Like, if you find a funny post, tell us. Let us know. We'll talk about it on the podcast. We'll make you famous, guys. We'll make you oh, yeah. famous. Right. Like, give me that tigery shit. I want it. <laughs> you know? All right, here's one. I got one. Lester right. Earl. I need it all. I just, I just pulled it up. I'm looking at Tiger Dragon. The Raiders killed Jamarcus. That's the title <laughs> That's of the like post. The second one on I'm not even going to click on the post. I don't know. Here's it's even better. The Raiders killed Jamarcus, and here, here's the guy who posted it. It's by Jamarcus, Jamarcus for, for president. president. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's some bias here? Let me let me click on his profile. Can you imagine Jamarcus Russell as president? First of all, what the hell would that even look like? All right, so the Raiders killed Jamarcus. No, the Raiders did not kill Jamarcus. The purple drank killed Jamarcus. I'm just telling you right now, I haven't looked at the post at all, but that's what happened to Jamarcus Russell. He got he got to the NFL, he got a contract, and he went crazy. He went plumb crazy with it. Um, drank the purple drank out of the league. Wasn't there a story about um, they gave oh, him a yeah. fake playbook? Yeah, that. That was, that, was the worst. A, that was a tough blow for the Jamarcus, the Jamarcus uh, boosters. But how would the Raiders have killed Jamarcus? I don't understand. Yeah, I think that what that guy's point was was that uh, Jamarcus got to the Raiders and they didn't have any good coaching and Lane Kiffin. Any... Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah, he did have Lane Kiffin. Yeah, and they didn't have any players around him and all that. Uh, so basically, that's what. So he's just coming up with an excuse of why Jamarcus isn't in the league, and it's not it and have anything to do with Jamarcus because Jamarcus for president. Right. Right. It, this Got is it. a this is the campaign starter. Like they're going up 2024. I don't know. 2024 what. Jamarcus. Uh, Jamarcus. Ford. Jamarcus and Cecil 2024. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. How unlucky is Nick Brissett? How lucky is Clyde Edwards Elair? Hot takes from the Walrus on Tiger Droppings. I feel like I, I feel I feel like I've seen the Walrus quite a few times. All right, I'm looking at this one now. Okay, so basically, I'll just sum it up. Clyde Edwards Elair was the benefit of being the only experienced running back on an all-time great college offense. Blah 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 blah. Now, let's say Nick Brissett redshirts in 2015 and comes back as a fifth year in 2019. He likely has a big, if not bigger, role than Clyde Edwards-Elair this year. He almost surely gets drafted in the fourth round or higher. Did this guy watch LSU games this year? Right. Did he? And I love the the next post is no, just no. (laughs) Different players. Agreed. Agreed with you, go 2023. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Elair fit the offense perfectly. Nick Brissett was a good back. No, no, no discounting that at all. It's just he's not he's not the same he's not the same back as what Clyde Edwards Elair is. Man, was Nick? I, I, I even said after 2018, I said Clyde was the better running back in yeah. 2018. Right, but I think that Georgia Nick, game was one of the ones we talked about that yeah, one last week. I mean, that was Clyde a good went one for where he what, one, out. 160 or something like right. that. Um, yeah, I just uh, I feel like Nick Brissett really only got the all the uh, all the carries back then, just because he was the older guy. Maybe, maybe he passed. He was a better uh, pass blocker. Right. Uh, 
and he did like the little things maybe a little bit better than the last time but uh i mean you can't look at both of their uh final years at lsu and say that nick Brissett was the better back right where's that coming from Uh, it's not i mean i don't understand i don't Unless this guy's from U High, I don't know. Like, give me a break. Or maybe, like the uh, Jamarcus for president, he is. Nick maybe Brissett. that is. Maybe that's Nick Brissett. Maybe it was. I Nick go Brissett ahead and posting. This. When I'm on Tiger Droppings, by the way, I just go ahead and assume that if you're pumping up a player who's like not that great, you're that player. You're so just basically a, you're a we, burner. Yeah, we're gonna put our podcast on there, and we're gonna act like we're somebody else, and. They're, they're just going to know that it's us that's mm-hmm. puffing our pockets. Right. right. All right, here's a good one. This is my favorite. Coach Lanahan coached Nuss' dad in college. Hmm. By Bayou Rat 15. Hmm. Hmm, he says. <laughs> coach Lanahan coached Nuss' dad in You think college. that's Coach O? Hmm. Might be Coach O. You think that was Coach O posting this one? Just <laughs> say that in Coach O's voice. Coach Lanahan coached Nuss Dad in college. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what does all this mean? I, I, I really just enjoyed the, the I just comments. clicked on like I just clicked on the post and it says, Now Coach Lanahan will coach will coach his son. Nuss Jr. mother was an A was an A bear in a Saint Station. Miles Brennan goes steady with an A Bear girl. Steady. Nobody says that anymore. Goes steady with an A Bear girl. T Bob's sister, maybe. <laughs> what does this all mean? May- okay, maybe it was Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, no, it was, this is Ott. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this, Ott. Is, this is Jimmy Ott, right. for sure. Alright, what does this all mean? <laughs> and then you go down, and it's quote, uh, what does this all mean? Uh, it means you can't spell. <laughs> And then somebody, the next one is, WTF, did I just read? That's great. That's good. Okay, so got last one. We'll do the last one here. Kellen Mond thinks A&M can can make an LSU-esque leap. This goes on to our next topic. Oh, boy. So this has been a hot topic this week, guys. I was actually... um, when I posted my uh, my rank, my quarterback rankings, which we're about to get into, um, I, I hot it, topic this week. I sent it to uh, I sent it to a few of my friends and my uh, friend from high school, Zach Crawford. Um, he said he sent me like what his top five would be or something like that, and he had Mond at number two. So we got into it about Kellen Mond, and I was like. Wait, who's this kid? Who? Zach Crawford. He was um, I, I've known him since high school. He was uh, he was the quarterback my year. Um, At Catholic. Yeah. Okay. He he was basically saying like, Kellen Mond is a senior and he has three years of playing experience in the SEC and that's more valuable than a lot of these guys who maybe don't have as much experience like. Uh, Miles Brennan, who has no experience. Mac Jones, who has very little. You know who else has three years of uh, SEC quarterback experience? Who's that? That would be uh, Felipe Franks. Oh, Felipe, let's so go. So if you want to take that. <laughs> that was actually that was another thing that uh, Crawford Well, let's said just too. get into it because that's a great uh, skipping point. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about SEC quarterback rankings. It's ranking season, guys. Uh, there's nothing going on. Um so everybody's got their lists and their rankings, and we decided to rank SEC quarterbacks uh, that we are projecting to be the starting quarterbacks for each team. Um, 
couple now, teams, I just put the uh, the name of the team because I don't know who's going to yeah, win. Yeah, I job. saw a number. Uh, well, I think I had spoiler f- alert. Four number different. fourteen is Vanderbilt. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's, they're going to be fourteenth though. Yeah. So <laughs> my explanation for putting them at fourteen, which probably didn't need any explanation, <laughs> it uh, doesn't. <laughs> so I when I was doing this, I I started and I had I was like, who the hell is Vanderbilt's quarterback? So I look. They lost all three of their quarterbacks from 2019. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a single returning quarterback from last year's team. They have four guys, two true freshmen, two Juco guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember any of their names. It's a but, Derek Mason offense. It's not going to be It's not gonna be good. And right. then I actually I started thinking too, like it, even if Vanderbilt did have a good – like put let's put Justin Fields on Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. How, how did they do? Like maybe, a, maybe four and eight? Justin Fields? Put Justin Fields on Vanderbilt? Does he have any time to throw? Who is he throwing well, to? Well, they'll win three non-conference games, Half of his balls games, are going right? to get dropped. Uh, I'm assuming they, they have three non-conference. Yeah. They, four. Four, four non-conference. Four non-conference. So they just SEC have to win four non-conference stupid. games and then one SEC game? Right. I guess. I mean, let's let's take a look at Vanderbilt's schedule. I mean, they could beat South Carolina with Justin Fields, right? I mean, we're going in a rabbit hole here. Can they? Can they beat South Carolina with Justin Fields at quarterback? Who 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 else do they have other than Justin Fields? I mean, they had they had Keyshawn Vaughn last year, right? Was it Keyshawn? He's Vaughn? gone. I know, but like they had guys. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> they lost them all, man. <laughs> They're all gone. Yeah, but you, you didn't know who Vaughn was, until, you know. I mean, I knew Vaughn his freshman year. He was really good. Uh, I mean, you don't think they would have another guy like I mean, that, like. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Vanderbilt, they're reloading. <laughs> That's is that your argument? No. All right, let's move on. I'm tired of talking about Vanderbilt already. All right, yeah. so yeah, so next I had Missouri. Missouri, yeah, I got uh, that. Like Kelly another, Bryant's gone. Another one not interesting. Uh, Sean Robinson's coming in from TCU. He wasn't great at TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a couple of the last year's backups. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he, he, Eli Drinkwitz really, is the coach, right? Yeah, yeah. The most interesting part I about like Missouri is Eli Drinkwitz, not the quarterback. I like him situation. a lot. Uh, I do too. Uh, and I think I put this in the explanation, but um, if you look at the job that Scott Satterfield did at Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is a decent indicator of um, what Missouri could, like the boost that uh, – an Appalachian State offense could have on I agree. Missouri's I, football that's team. a good program. I like what they're doing, and I think that's a great. I, mean, I thought that was a great. They've had higher. Uh, they've had Barry Odom the past few years, and Barry Odom doesn't know what he's doing on offense. No, he's a defensive. So guy. now you add a an offensive-minded head coach. I think that could be huge. Yeah, but they they still run I mean, a, it's a not good like bid. So Missouri has good players. Yeah, every year. Uh, I, I you know they've been wide open though. Under Barry Odom, even, um, and that seemed like it seems like Eli Drinkwitz, I, from what I remember from Appalachian State, is he runs the ball quite a bit. So yeah, um, I think that'll be a little bit of adjustment for them. Uh, all right, Although, the next one is a polarizing one, right? Number twelve on the list. Yeah, Felipe Franks. <laughs> that is yeah. just like. You, a complete hatred of Felipe Franks. I mean, but who would who would you put him ahead of? I don't like him at all. I hate him. Would you move him any higher than twelve? I think he's an awful like 
I, I mean, the worst decision maker. One of the worst I've ever seen. I mean, the Miami game last year is just like a, a complete indicator of that was such a what perf- kind of quarterback. That's he is. just the that game was the perfect representation of Felipe Franks. It is. He's he just, threw he threw for like three hundred yards. I mean, they were he lucky threw to two win touchdowns the game because of he them. threw two bonehead interceptions. They won and in then, spite of him, right? And then after he threw one of his touchdowns. He goes over and starts jawing at the Miami right. fans. You remember that? Yeah, like an idiot. And then he goes on to throw two picks right after that. Like an idiot because he is an idiot yeah. is my opinion on him. So, yeah. and, and so, like, you're throwing him into an Arkansas team. Like, their O-line situation isn't great. They have decent skill players with uh, the kid from Last Chance U. Do, and, uh, do you think Sam Pittman is going to have, like, a run-heavy offense? Like, what's their what's I their think deal? Arkansas needs to get back to that. I don't think Arkansas needs to follow the spread as a spread. I mean, he's coming from Georgia. I mean, I could see them doing like a pro style offense like just, Georgia does. Like when I think of Arkansas football, I just they their I, edge needs I to just be getting those big, ridiculously large offensive linemen. And I agree with that, but like that needs to be their edge. Like, Felipe Franks isn't going to do well in a pro style offense. I mean. In my opinion, I think he I think he needs to be in a wide open offense where he can throw, uh, use his arm, um, get guys in space. But I don't I don't see Arkansas doing that either. I think they're going to stick with the run a little bit. I just don't see Felipe Franks doing well in very many offenses. You know, I mean, if Dan Mullen couldn't figure it out, he's got a lot of talent. It's just he's. Completely. I mean, Dan Mullen was like the perfect coach for Felipe Franks. And right. He couldn't figure him out. What a great, what a great deal that was for LSU. Like he was going to come here. Oh and yeah. What what? Huh, we we lucked up so Jesus. bad on that one. Oh my gosh. All right. So next one on the list. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Terry Wilson, Kentucky. Uh, I like that. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually really like Terry Wilson. I like him too. Um, I mean. He, he got he, hurt last year, obviously. He didn't do anything spectacular in 2018, but uh, he was steady though. Yeah, uh, you know he got he didn't he if you look at his stats they aren't crazy. Uh, he wasn't he's not a world beater by any means, but he uh, he was able to extend plays with his legs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not lose the game for his team, and they had right. a they had a really good running game that year with Benny Snell and all that. Right, uh, and they obviously had a really good defense that year too. So that kind of played into that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and I, th- I think the defense was part of it. Like they, they just needed to be steady, not turn the ball over, right. get first downs, and he had a good defense with a good running game. That was kind of their, their mo. And you think um, about uh, Kentucky twenty nineteen, they didn't throw the ball hardly at all because well, they you had, had a, Lynn Bodden too, like, right? Well, they had a wide receiver playing quarterback, right? And they're still actually. Right when they switched to Lynn Bowden, uh, I think they went like six and two the rest of the way or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was they were only I think I put the stats in there. I'm trying to remember what they are. I think it was like ten and five. I mean ten ten and a half uh, ten and a half passes per game or something like that. Yeah, not uh, a lot. Yeah, right. So like they didn't have any balance on offense, and they still were able to go six and two in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they were playing against the bottom feeders of the SEC most of the time. Uh, but Still, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You beat some I, solid teams. Yeah, uh, I don't mind that one at all. So you throw in a – I mean, he's number 11. It's like right, it's, it's not, not like we're throwing them in the, uh, the top five or anything. The only 
maybe argument you could make is maybe he should be below Felipe Franks, which I would disagree with, obviously. <sighs> yeah, Felipe's not getting any love today. Uh, all right, it's even worse where when you get to number 10. Felipe Franks, if Felipe Franks can't be above this guy, man, I don't – who's he going to be above? Right. So Jarrett Garantano from yeah. Tennessee. So my rationale here <laughs> – Putting him above. Felipe. All right, we got to read the bio on this. You wrote. You wrote. Go ahead, really read it one. out loud. I, my computer's messing up right now. <laughs> this guy baffles me. <laughs> uh, I can't get a read on anything. Anything with him. Is he good? Does he suck? Is it somehow both? How do you pronounce his name? <laughs> None of it adds up to me. <laughs> but he's healthier than Felipe and uh, than Terry. So ten makes sense to me. I, you know. He's he's super talented, just like Felipe Franks. Um, he, yeah. He came in like as a big time recruit. I remember the guy coming out. He just makes dumb decisions. Garbage decision maker. But then at the end of the year, and you you said this a couple of podcasts ago. At the end of the year, he he kind of came on like a little um, bit, a little bit. Yeah, but they I mean they went on a good. He was still streak. he was still inconsistent. I heard, I heard Jimmy Ott talking about it today. Like if, if they beat Georgia State and beat BYU. Right, both games. They would be ten, that would have a ten win season. That's weird. That's crazy to That's think. That's really about. weird. Tennessee. It kind of reminds you a little bit of that, uh, the twenty seventeen LSU year, where we lost to Troy, we lost to Mississippi State, right. we lost you to Bama. A fantastic year if you would have won those games. You know, this if is you BYU beat, and Georgia State should have beat Troy, and you would have been ten and two. Just even if you would have won the game, you should have won, which was. Georgia State. I mean, they they should have won the BYU game too. Should, I mean, they should. Yeah. I mean, if you watched the but game, like, they I mean, won it. I mean, like, like they gave they up a, physically, like, imposed their will. Against sure, Georgia but State. they gave up a BYU. I can see them losing too. But, but they had Georgia the State. they had the crazy BYU had the crazy hail yeah, mary play at the, at the very end of the game. Right. I know. Uh, so that was a you know just a weird game for them. All right, number nine. We're not gonna spend too much time on this one, but Ryan Holinsky with uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, I did too. He was he had. He had that word. He had that word that we like. Moxie. He had that yeah. moxie. Yeah. He, uh, I only was able to watch the Alabama game this year for yeah. South Carolina. I, didn't, I just didn't watch a very lot of, whole lot of South Carolina football. Saw a couple other games. I mean, he, he was, you put, you he put was pressure awesome. on him, and he's going to cave a little bit. But Yeah, well, um, but he was playing. He had pressure put on him a lot, too. He was playing in a position where it was, you know, they weren't expecting him to play. Like Jake Bentley get hurt. Yeah. Um, Alinsky has to come in. True it, freshman. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily ready for the situation. So right. I think he'll be not a, a lot of freshmen ready this year are able to take on pressure. Right. Uh, and the amount of pressure that he took on, I mean, uh, all right. They all right. Block worth the hell. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty here. Okay. This is where we start to differ a little bit. Okay. All right. Number eight, we got Bo Nix from Auburn. Yeah. So what, so, so what, you think he's hired? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Who, who do you put him ahead of? Well, like Kellen all right, well, we'll, well, let's go down the list a little bit further, and then we'll talk about where we go. But number eight on the list, that's really tough, especially as a freshman coming in. I mean, he had some, he I had some big wins. When I put him there, I was like, man, that, that feels low. But, I mean, I don't know who I'd put him ahead of. I, I wouldn't put him ahead of any of these other guys. I thought he played very, very well for being a true freshman. Yeah. And, like, as a sophomore, what is he going to look like? You know what I mean? Like, that's sure. kind of where I'm coming from on that. Sure. But they're also, I mean, between him and Kellen Mond, I tend to lean towards 
Kellen Mond because he's two years older. Mm-hmm. Uh, between him and the Ole Miss guys, I tend to lean towards the Ole Miss guys because they have Lane Kiffin. So, all right. I, I, I just think, think of, the Ole Miss guys are this. better, too. I think of it like this. All right, so you put him and Kellen Mond together. You got Bo Nix and Kellen Mond. I also think of – when I think of that, I also think of Gus Malzahn and I think of Jimbo Fisher. Right. Um, I also think of the fact, and we talked about this, that they're playing at Auburn this year. I yeah. give the edge to Gus Malzahn over Jimbo Fisher in that situation. Yeah. Um, I guess I wasn't really thinking in terms of head-to-head. Like head-to-head. Right, right. I guess You're I thinking of more like just production. Right, just like overall kind of season, thing. you know. Well, okay, so we'll move on. Number seven, you got Kellen Mond. Yeah. I, just, um, I don't. I, I don't like Kellen Mond at all. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a great quarterback. I obviously like. I hate him like, in a personal way too. Right. Um, we have some bias. Yeah, for sure. But I put him at seven. So, I mean, yeah. Fuck you, been. Kellen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I um, don't like him either, and I actually don't think he's that good. Um, I said this a few weeks ago, LSU put a 50-7 to beat down on Texas A&M, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah, I think LSU is about to put a beat down on A&M for the next five to six years, and um, it's going to get bad. I think so, too. I mean, yeah. Like, I just think about, like, when we go to College Station this year. Oh, it's going to be crazy. We're going to be, I think, even more fired up than we were in 2019. I agree. Mainly because for a couple reasons. Uh, Speaking one, of, I think A and M's just going to have a better record coming into the game because they right. have so much easier schedule. So they might even be like ranked. Yep. And so that crowd's going to be fired up for that game. Uh, and then also, uh, like that's your first game back there since the seven overtime game. That's right. And, and I think, go and, get your go get your t-shirts from one team one podcast dot com. We have a t-shirt made. Uh, it's fifty to seven. Print your cup. Print the cups t-shirt. Yeah. Great. So go get that yeah, if t-shirt. You're, if you're planning on going to College Station, make sure you get that. You will see me posting that one like crazy the week of the A and M. Well, right. a, a, probably a few weeks because we'll have to get the shipping over there to you. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, we'll go get go ahead and get that shirt now. So whenever you make that trip to College Station, you can put it in everybody's face, especially mm-hmm. when we beat them down again, probably the same score because I think it's going to be. Like I said, I think it's going to be like the old Mississippi State ga- day, Mississippi State days where we beat. Mississippi State probably 12 years in a row. I think we're going to get to that level where it's going to be a complete domination, and we're going to put their thumb on them now. Yeah, by the way, huge news. Um, I uh, I was playing NCAA 14 earlier today. Oh, big news. And uh, I played at A&M today, and I won 55-7. to seven. Whoa. I was up. I, I had it at 48-7. Uh, to seven. I had to kick the extra point. Obviously, I went for two to try to get it to 50-7. to seven. Uh, Didn't convert. Uh Rubbed it in with a little uh, Hail Mary touchdown on the last play of the game. Yeah. You know, at College Station, you got to. That's right. So, 55 to 7 won earlier today. All right. Next on the list, we got number six. We got, I mean, it, it, it says Ole Miss, but it's John Rice Plum, Plumley, right? I don't so, see why it's not John Rice Plumley. The reason I think it could be Corral is, uh, or Coral. Is it Corral I think or it's Coral? Corral. Corral? Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Rice Plumley isn't a great thrower. Uh, Coral, it, Corral, Cor, Coral, Corral is a, a pretty solid thrower. Um, and I think he may fit 
Lane Kiffin offense a little bit better than John Rice Plumley, but I could also just see Lane Kiffin just saying John Rice Plumley is the better player. We'll fit the offense. Plumley is a big time college baseball player. He's got to have a good arm. Um, I, I I bet you anything. Well, is, yeah, that that's not what I'm saying though. I'm just saying like as a quarterback, I think uh, Corral is a better passer. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah, I think you can develop this kid. I mean, he's got all the tools, like yeah, athletically yeah. that he's got to be on the field, right? Like yeah. And I remember watching both of these kids play, especially the Alabama game. I remember that one for some reason. The the Ole Miss team played behind Plumley and like. They were super fired up. It was something about them that just got everybody like jazzed. I don't know what it was, but um, I can't see that kid not being the starting quarterback. He, to I, me, he I don't had see superstar him. written all over him, especially yeah, well, in the LSU game. I just felt like yeah. well, okay, I mean, he this runs, is a kid on a different level. He runs like a four three forty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't see John Rice Plumley not having a role on the Ole Miss team. I'll say that, um, but I could see that maybe being a two QB system because. Um, just because I think Lane Kiffin might value Matt Cor- Corral's uh, throwing ability. Hmm. Okay. Number five, we got Jamie Newman from Georgia. Yeah. So the reason I had him at five and I didn't have him any higher, a lot of people have Jamie Newman around like one or two. Um, but I I don't want to put him that high until I know that Georgia's going to change their offense. Yeah, all the talks they, are is that they, they are going to open things and, up. But. And I put that – the first thing I said, uh, you know, I don't think you go get Jamie Newman if you're – He's not uh, going to be continue Matt, running Yeah, Jake Fromm. He's not going right. to be Jake Fromm. You're not going to go system. get him, throw him under center, and hand it off to Zamir White. Uh, right. They're going to – I think they will spread it out, but um, – I won't put him above five until I see it. Okay. And all right, ladies and gentlemen. Here you go. <laughs> number four, Miles Brennan. Another situation where I uh, <laughs> where I didn't want to put him any higher than four because, again, I haven't seen it on the field yet. Although I'm confident that he will be good when he's on the field, but he's the only one. I mean, the guys that have ahead of him are – Kyle Trask, KJ Costello, uh, uh, Mac Jones, and you know, I've seen all of those guys play really well mm-hmm. on the field. I haven't so, seen Miles right. Brennan do it yet. So number three, we got Kyle Trask at Florida. Number two, KJ Costello, Mississippi State. Right. Um, and then number one, Mac Jones at Alabama. Right. And I put. Alabama as number one because uh, I could see a situation where Bryce Young ends up beating him out. Um, it's kind of similar to uh, a Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence situation in 2018, mm, okay. uh, where you know Kelly Bryant started out the season as the starter, Trevor Lawrence kind of eased his way in, and then after the okay. I guess it was the Syracuse well, game, Trevor Lawrence had won the job. Yeah, but how could you say? All right, so if it's not Mac Jones and it's Bryce Young that takes over, yeah, how could you say that he's going to be better than Miles Brennan, who you haven't seen on the field either? Well, uh, two reasons. Uh, one, I think Alabama's in a slightly better situation than LSU right now in terms of playing the quarterback position. Uh, they didn't lose. Uh, they didn't lose like their one of their better coaches on the offensive side of the ball with Joe, like we lost Joe Brady. 
they haven't lost that kind of guy on offense. Um, I think we we lost more. We lost Clyde. We lost Jefferson. We lost our tight end. Offensive line is where I would. Offensive line, right? right. Uh, I mean, granted, they did lose, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in the country with uh, Jijic Wills. But I think they replace him a little bit better than yeah, we replace our lineman. Yeah. Um. So I think I just think that position in general is a better spot to be. And I think if Bryce Young does beat out Mac Jones, then that means that Bryce Young's like really, really good. If mm-hmm. uh, Nick Saban's starting a true freshman at quarterback, you know. Right. Um. All right. So KJ Costello, I understand why you put him there. He's you know transferred from Stanford. Going into a Mike Leach system, he's going to put up a shit ton of yards and touchdowns. Um, you would think he would just throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball all around, right? Right. So initially, I actually had uh, when I was when I first started, I I just kind of slapped some guys on there, and then I started uh, like watching highlights and looked at stats and all that. Uh, I didn't realize KJ Costello is actually a good quarterback. Like yeah, I, I initially I put him at three. I put Miles Brennan at two. I put Kyle Trask at four. Uh, and then I look. I watched KJ Costello's highlights. I mean, he's I didn't realize he's huge. He's six five, two twenty two. Yeah, he's a pro style quarterback. He's a decent athlete too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Now and they were they were running. They run like an I formation at Stanford. Yeah, it's power sets and yeah. pro pro style. But, but he still threw for thirty five hundred yards yeah. and thirty touchdowns. Right. I so mean, if that, you put I him in a Mike Leach system, what's going to happen? Right. And I've I've never seen a Mike Leach system with a like Canada of an arm guy. I mean, maybe since like he might be one of. Well, so here Leach's. here's my thing. Like we talk about Mike Leach systems, and we talk about like system quarterbacks and stuff like that. The system that we ran last year is just as open, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we're going to throw the ball ton. Uh, we'll probably run a little bit more than – I I don't know. I'm assuming that. I think we're going to run a little bit more than what we did last year just to take a little bit of pressure off Miles Brennan. But yeah. um, I st- we talked about this. I still see, see him throwing for 3,500 to 4,000 yards passing. I agree, I agree with that. Like easily, um, I think so. Over thirty touchdowns, you know, good year. He's like forty touchdowns. I think the only difference though between our offense and uh, the Mike Leach offense is that Mike Leach can throw anyone into his system. No, and, like, I agree with that. Throw for five thousand yards. Uh, I don't think. I think our system does require the quarterback to kind of be good. To, well, but let's run it let's right. compare it to Kyle Trask. Like, what's Kyle Trask's numbers going to be like? Uh, I mean, I could see him throwing for thirty five hundred yards. Ugh. He threw for three thousand yards. He didn't play the first two games of the year. I just don't so see basically, it. if if he would have played those first two games, he does throw for thirty five thousand, thirty five hundred yards last yeah. year. He, I, I, that was that was another thing that made me put Kyle Trask ahead of Miles Brennan, as I didn't know how good it's Trask. Because I didn't he, know how I didn't know how good Trask's numbers were last year. They were actually really solid. <sighs> he his he had he threw twenty five touchdowns, only seven picks. I I didn't know how efficient he was. He I think he uh, I think he had like sixty eight percent completion percentage. Hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I uh, I hate I hate saying. Kyle Trask is better than Miles Brennan. I get what your points are. And he also, I mean, it. Kyle Trask came into uh, Baton Rouge and lit us up. 
Yeah, I get that, but it's like I've seen him also play terrible. When? There was a. I mean, Georgia. Was, I guess he wasn't great. No, Georgia was terrible. There was another game in the oh, it's rain. Terrible. South Carolina. South Carolina. I mean, it was raining. So he didn't what? play. He played terrible. I will have to pull the stats up, but I remember him making bad bad decisions in certain certain games. And it was like when he came into the LSU game, all of a sudden he was making like perfect right. passes. Right. A lot of the stuff he did against LSU, I remember Coach O even said like that wasn't on the tape of right. like what we saw with Kyle Trask. Yeah, that was a whole new yeah, I don't no, know he, where that all came from. He definitely that was the game where he turned it on for sure. Right. Um But I I mean he played well the rest of the year too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the South Carolina game he threw 33 passes, completed 21 of them, threw four touchdowns and a pick. I mean, that's hmm. statistically that's not a terrible game. I don't I don't really remember the game very well like when it happened. I just don't like his face. <laughs> He's an ugly dude. He's an ugly if, face. If we, if we were ranking if quarterbacks If he just changes his face. It, it, look, if y'all want me to do uh like best looking quarterbacks. Best looking quarterbacks. <laughs> first off, Miles Miles Brennan wins. One. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How about weights? Let's do quarterback weights. Weights? Yeah. I mean, no, I could, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I can do right. a quarterback intangibles ranking. Intangible? No. <laughs> quarterback moxie ranking? Moxie rankings. Ooh, we might do that. We'll do a moxie ranking I'll for moxie you guys. Um, give us your thoughts. Um, you can shoot us a, a, a DM or a, a comment at um, one team one pod um, on Twitter. You can also go to one team one podcast.com and go look at, at Jack's blog where he has all the rankings and you can comment there as well. Um, you can disagree with them as much as you want. Cause I disagree go with nuts. these rankings. Um, so let's move on a little bit. Before um, we do though, who, who has the most moxie in the sec, the most moxie in the sec. Is it like Plumley? I think it's gotta be Plumley. It's probably Plumley. Who is the least, the least moxie. I think it's uh I think it's Kellen Mond. No, it's gotta be Felipe Franks. Between Mond and Franks. I guess. I don't know. Well, the thing is with Mond, it's like he has all this like fake moxie, you know? Where like he doesn't yeah, actually he's, believe yeah. he's not actually confident. He's just, he's just trying to be confident. Right. He's he wants to be confident. Yeah, we're so gonna bad. be like LSU next <laughs> yeah, year. Shut the Give hell me a break. up. You have no idea what you're talking about. Jimbo Fisher is not changing his offense. Y'all are still going to run bubble yeah, screens. He's still in the same stuff. What? Right. Why would Jimbo Fisher change? That doesn't make sense. They just need better dudes. They need a. What they need is a better quarterback. I agree. I think their quarterback needs to, need to needs to change. Um, I mean, this is the same Jimbo Fisher offense that had Jameis Winston at quarterback, and right. they were lighting people up. Right. So, yeah, you get a you get a quarterback that's a game changer like that, yeah. and it could work, but. I mean, Kellen Mond is right. not that guy. It just never has been. Although, like, you don't even have to be that good to be uh, successful in Jimbo Fisher's offense. I mean, think about, like, E.J. Manuel, right. Sam Pond, uh, not Sam Ponder, uh, Christian Ponder. Right. Uh, like, those guys aren't insane. Kellen Mond's just terrible. Right. So, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, there's been some other discussion. Uh, so, I guess the Kellen Mond talk was an, one one hot topic this week and then another one that just came up in the last couple of days is uh there was some interviews from uh Jacques Doucet with Booger McFarlane all right um and one of the things that he had talked about was Cecil Collins um 
we had a podcast, I think it was episode four yeah. that we did, um, that actually we talked about Cecil Collins and it's called the legend of legend of Cecil Collins. So go check it out on our, um, on our podcast, but we had an in-depth discussion about Cecil Collins and it's just f- funny that this, this all of a sudden has popped up, um, as another topic of conversation. And what Booger was saying was this was, this was the best running back that he had ever seen. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course you had, you had, uh, Kevin Falk on the roster. You had Rondell Mealy. Um, but like he, he, and he said in, in the video that, you know, I never played with Barry Sanders. He goes, I did, I did play against, um, uh, Emmett, Emmett Smith. Smith, Um, but Cecil Collins was still the best running back he had ever seen. Yeah. Uh, strong, strong words. Um, and, for people that don't know about Cecil Collins, it's probably like a little eye-opening. But yeah, so Cecil Collins was just a freak of nature. Um, and he had a four-game stretch in the 97 season that was just unreal. Um, and we'll kind of re- we can re- kind of recap what we had talked about on that other podcast. But um, we had played some clips of like the Auburn game um, where he just ran wild. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the thoughts that – the questions that I always had were he breaks his leg against Vanderbilt. Um, but I remember the Auburn game so vividly that, I mean, I was there in the stands and I remember kind of like the feeling and nobody was really saying it, but we were just all like, oh, my God, we have somebody that's on our roster now that is better than Kevin Falk. And we, was, didn't, we didn't know it. And Kevin Falk was already the best running back in college football, wasn't he? Well, he's one of the best for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, there. he was he was an All American. Like, who mean, else was there at the time? You had Rondell Mealy. Oh, you talking about in in like, college? In, just like in, in the. Um, I mean, you had um, what was it? The guy from uh, the guy from Michigan, Anthony something something came from Winfield, Louisiana. I don't remember oh. all the all the other guys, but yeah, I mean, Kevin Falk was a was a college football All American pretty much. Right. But you had a guy that we didn't know. Like, we didn't know Cecil Collins was as good as he was until all of a sudden, boom, there he is. So, if he doesn't break his leg against Vanderbilt, I think that Kevin Falk would have had a hard time seeing the field again as a starter um, until something were to happen. So, that's where Booger's coming from with this, and probably a lot of people don't know it just if they didn't see him. But I I see one uh, quote that apparently he said something about – he was talking about Adrian Peterson. He said, Adrian Peterson will be a Hall of Fame running back, but Adrian Peterson wasn't as fluid as Cecil Collins. Like Jeez. Cecil Collins was more fluid of a running back than right. Adrian Peterson. That's so wild. that's the kind of guy we're talking about, the talent level we're talking about. Yeah. He just had problems, man. Like, um, But I, I told this to somebody on Facebook today that I was on campus during that time and – Cecil Collins was the most polarizing guy that we had on our, on on campus. Mm-hmm. If Cecil Collins walked by and it was just like everybody stopped and just watched. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> it was that kind of guy. I no. mean, it, all of a sudden you got a guy that came out of nowhere that's the best player on the on on the team. Right. Um you just didn't know that existed yet. And we had talked about all of his uh High school, and actually, uh, Booger talks about that a little bit. He was like, you know, you're talking about a guy who ran for 99 rushing touchdowns in high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talked about his senior year. 
His senior oh, year. Oh, yeah. His yeah, playoff stats or something? It was 2,000 2, yards rushing during the regular season and 1,000 yards rushing in the playoffs alone. <laughs> so, so he had 3,000 yards rushing total for the year. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting to talk about. And uh, you found something on – so Booger said something else that apparently just oh, made yeah. it on the Tiger Droppings. This is Yeah, this just <laughs> popped up on Tiger Droppings. We're the um, official, unofficial podcast of right. Tiger Droppings. Yeah, uh, someone said this was from Ryan Rosillo's podcast uh, – I guess today. Um, okay. And they were talking about recruiting, and the quote that this guy put in his post was uh, from Booger, and it said, later on I came to know that Jerry DiNardo is a piece of shit, but that's besides the point. Huh. How about so, that? So, oh, i have to dig into that one a little bit. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, and I've told this before, I was in college during the DiNardo years, so I am fully aware of everything that is Jerry DiNardo. Um it started off great, and then it took a nosedive when Lou Tepper was hired, um, and it just went downhill. And Jack, we'll have to explain to you. We'll have to explain to you who Lou Tepper is. That was um, my next question. Yeah, we'll have to explain to you what who Lou Tepper is and what the drop the drop linebacker is. Those are two things that you need to know. So Lou Tepper's a defensive coordinator then. Yes, he was a defensive coordinator, and um, you need to, as an LSU fan, you need to know what those two things are just for your mental capacity. Um, okay. If anybody wants to explain to Jack who Lou Tepper was and what the drop linebacker is, go ahead and email us at oneteamonepodcast at gmail.com. It'll go straight to Jack. And you can <laughs> yeah. explain to him what that is. That way he has a knowledge of it going forward. Because um, we won't talk about that ever again. Um, yeah. All right. So what else we got going on this week, Jackie? Uh, what else do we have going on? Well, we well, I know one thing we can talk about is uh, we got a new quarterback commitment, right? Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, I, I really like Garrett Nussmeyer, man. Uh being the son of a quarterback coach is yeah. just Doug, I mean, Doug Nussmeyer. I mean, he was a pro quarterback too. Right. So um, he's been he's been groomed to play quarterback his entire life. Right. And, and, people, and Doug Nussmeyer played for the Saints. I mean, he was drafted by the Saints. So, right. um, but he played for a few years in the NFL. Um, but I think he came out of Idaho. Played Idaho. for. I was thinking Wyoming. Played for yeah, Scott Idaho. Linehan at Idaho. Really, he played yeah. for Linehan. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. That's Lanahan. The, that's the coach Lanahan. Lanahan co- yeah, that's right. I remember now. It all comes together. Right. Yeah. That was what the post was about. <laughs> that's How about great. that? <laughs> yeah, that guy was, was actually right. There, there was a message in there. Yeah. That guy was actually to, right. He just uh, misspelled everything. Yeah. Uh, so he played for Lanahan at uh, Idaho, and then he also coached under L- Lanahan. Uh, Lanahan. With, right. With, Am I right? It's Lanahan, right? No, it's Lanahan. Lan- what is going to call him Lanahan? We're calling him Lanahan. Yeah, guys, if you hear Lanahan now, that's the reason why. Because uh-huh. we're just going to call him Lanahan. Right. Uh, he Yeah, he coached under him as his quarterback's coach. Where was it? It was at the Rams and at the Cowboys. Okay. Um, so that was already kind of a connection there. Um, and I mean, we had already been recruiting Nuss before uh, – well, I remember Nuss. Didn't he? Didn't he? He was an offensive coordinator at Florida at one point, and is then that he right? was. I think he was an offensive coordinator at Alabama at one. point, I know he too. was at Alabama. I don't know. Was he? Yeah, I think he's been at both places. I know. I know he was at both places. I know he. I know he was, but I don't know because it was, was kind of a talk of like should LSU hire this guy? Like, oh really? Yeah, I, I mean a few years ago. So, um, 
he was a hot name that is if anything but um yeah so i guess the the question is so caleb williams had just right. come out with this his is, top three yeah. right so it's mm-hmm. oklahoma lsu and maryland and uh speaking of maryland maryland's shelling out that under armor money right now guys yeah they are throwing it around <laughs> um, do you see do you see the uh the maryland fans on twitter are they going nuts they're crazy man they're nuts they're insane so uh there was a Maryland guy who uh right when Nussmeyer committed he was under Nussmeyer's like commitment tweet mm-hmm. and he goes hey thanks for uh committing to LSU pretty much locking up Caleb Williams for us all that and then someone commented at him and he said I don't think he's gonna go somewhere where you're, where they go four and eight every year and uh he was like oh he y'all. probably said something about he, Raheem Jarrett yeah, exactly yeah what, I yeah. figured he said he said uh I said something along the lines. Y'all are just sad that y'all don't have Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, I mean, come on. They're they're crazy. They're weird. I mean, they're, they get weird. Do you think you think Jarrett went there just because of the education? Come on, like, Matt. His mom was sick. He is already endorsed <laughs> by Under Armour. Yeah, like he's his, already no, it's already locked up. His mom was sick. His mom was sick. Right. <laughs> That's why he was boasting so much about. You know, it's like. It's one thing to like go to a school like that for just simple reasons, but then it's another thing to like commit there and then like dog the other school. Yeah. Like dog so, cuss them. Like that's what he did. Yeah, that's so bizarre. I mean, maybe it's because LSU fans are crazy and he maybe he got some uh It screams of immaturity. So sure. that's one thing. Yeah. But I mean I mean we're talking about young kids. But yeah. um all right, another team that's shelling out the Big bucks right now is Tennessee. Oh Tennessee's my God. throwing some money. Around. I'm so sick of hearing about this Tennessee recruiting class. By the way, I just, they just I, have a lot of kids. Is the thing right? Like they, it's they like, have they have like 18 commitments. Yeah, 17, like 18 commitments already. Right. Uh, so their their recruiting uh, points are really high right now. Right. But if you look at their average, according like two four seven. Yeah. Well, we only have like eight commits. We only have. Uh, yeah, I think it's eight. Yeah. Uh, so we we have the least amount of commits in the entire top ten. Right. Yeah. Uh, our because our right average, next to Minnesota, huh? Oh, right, right next, next to really? Minnesota. Yeah. How about that? What do they have? Like twenty commits? Yeah, or Minnesota's like locked up their whole class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> row yeah, the boat. I, so they Tennessee's um, Tennessee's uh, like average ranking like rating per commit. And granted, I mean, if you don't care about two four seven uh, ratings, then like okay. But their average is like 89, which is typically I – lo- I went back and looked at past SEC classes, and an average rating of 89 is usually going to put you around like seventh place in the SEC. So – and that's exactly where they finished the past three years, is seventh place in the SEC. So if they so this is just stay a, at the same level – This is just a very yeah. standard Tennessee recruiting class. They're just getting their guys early. Yeah, I was just looking at it as like somebody like Tennessee needs to like come out early and like get confidence to recruits right, and all that kind of – Then they have to hold on to them by winning more than seven well, games. Well, with this year, with it being such a weird like off season and all that, like I think that's probably the right move, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen yeah. for football season this year. So. That's a good point. Um, anyway, um, going back to Caleb Williams. So – we got Nussmeyer. I'm assuming that means the writing on the wall that Caleb Williams is either going to Oklahoma or Maryland. I would assume, right? Yeah, and I, I don't would see even, him coming. I would here. even go as far to say he's going to Oklahoma. Okay. Um, 
I just, I mean, yeah, Maryland's got all the Under Armour crap, but for your future, why are you going to Maryland? Are you going to get drafted in the first round from Maryland? Uh, you can start immediately. Uh, if you yeah. go to Oklahoma, you're going to be behind Rattler. Okay, but do you want to play in the NFL or not? I'm with you. I just, you know, these kids just I mean, when's think the differently. Last, when's the last down. time a quarterback out of Maryland was like did well in like in his career? Yeah, I mean, you got to be there for three years anyway. So, right. But, but the the thing is, go play for Lincoln Riley and go be a first yeah, round. Yeah, but pick. if you if you go to Lincoln Riley, you're going to be sitting the bench for two years behind Spencer Rattler. It's fine. You're, I mean, so that it's but fine. that's what I'm saying is like some or, kids fine. don't want to do that, or or maybe. Open up your recruiting a little bit. Go somewhere. I mean, if, if that's a big problem for you, don't go to freaking Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Go to, like, Oregon or something or Ohio State. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's plenty of options. No, I'm with you. I mean, um, granted, this is pretty late in recruiting to be reopening up your recruiting. But Well, is it? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. That's so. true. Yep. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting with all of a sudden it was like, Caleb Williams the same day, right? Like he he lists his yeah. top three, and then, and then like, Nussmeier commits. Just like a couple hours later, and it feels like oh, it was just like, eh, let's just pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Like we've been waiting around on guys for the last ten years, and it's like not anymore. We don't do that anymore. Or I mean, like if you're Caleb Williams, like you can still go to LSU. I mean, if he's if he's sure. actually the best quarterback in the country coming out of high school, like, and if he's actually that good, he. Garrett Nussmeyer shouldn't scare him. You know? Yeah, and I, I like the attitude from LSU. Right. Like, I love that. Go get your guys. Yeah, and it's a mindset change of like, hey, we're, we're the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come here or not? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Okay, so uh, let's wrap it up here, Jackie. Um, yep. well, again, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Courtesy Buick GMC out of Lafayette, Courtesy Automotive Group. Go see Brandon Lejeune. Um, actually, you can email Brandon Lejeune at blejeune at courtesyautomotive.com. Um, or you can reach out to him on Facebook. You can always send him a message on Facebook. It's Brandon Lejeune. They're located in Lafayette. They can deliver cars to you anywhere. Um, so reach out to him. Uh, do business with an LSU fan. Do business with somebody that listens to our podcast. Guys, I think you would uh, really appreciate it, and he would as well. Um, also tell them that you, uh, came from the podcast, even if you're just trying to shop for some quotes, man, um, give them a shout out. Um, also guys go check out our website, one team, one podcast.com. Uh, we have all of our episodes listed on there and we have our shop page. We have tons of t-shirts on there. So go check it out. Um, you can also reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is one team, one pod. Uh, pretty active on Twitter and go ahead and send us a message on there. We would love to communicate with you guys. Uh, tell us uh, what you like, what you don't like by you, Brian. Tell us what you don't like about the podcast. I know you're listening right now by you, yeah. Brian. Uh, so thanks t- for sticking around by the way. By hey, you, Brian. thanks for sticking around by you, Brian. We appreciate you. Uh, you're so encouraging all the time. Um, until next week, guys, this is one team, one podcast logging out.
One Team, One Podcast, a Bandit Radio production.